Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to help you with your concerns. I am extra excited to share with you today the ideas that I've been absorbing as I study the Bible this week. So I'm calling this week's episode, You Have an Anointing. And I'm going to explain what that is. And I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed studying it. I do post bonus videos usually on Tuesdays, and I've been doing that all this calendar year. Lately, I have posted a prayer for breakthrough, which kind of correlates with today's ideas, supernatural recovery, how to use the keys to the kingdom, should I apologize? Sometimes the answer is no. And basics for breakthrough and transformation through worship. So I've also been posting a link and that will take you to my other media. And if you're interested in scheduling a speaking engagement, you can reach me through that. You can see all my seminars. So before we get into you have an anointing, let's have a summary of what I've been talking about in this series, Principles for Transformation. I looked at the relationship of body, soul, and spirit when we started. In the world, a transformation is like a makeover. It's something external. But what the Bible teaches about transformation is that it's a metamorphosis. I'm basing that on a word in 2 Corinthians 3.18. This metamorphosis occurs as we gaze on the Lord, as we spend time with Him, as we allow Him to take us from glory to glory and strength to strength. It's a choice whether or not we allow God to transform us. We've looked at different ways that the Lord restores us, transforms us, things in our own nature that can get in the way, default modes, barriers, and also a reluctance to take reasonable risks. So today to define anointing, that you have an anointing, first I want to read from 2 Corinthians, the end of chapter 1. It is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us. He has consecrated and anointed us, enduing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Also, he's put his seal upon us, giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as the security, deposit, and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. So we see here at the end of 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, that he seals us, which means he marks us. That shows that we belong to him. He paid for us by the blood of Christ, and we belong to him when we receive Jesus as our Savior. And in the Spirit, we have his seal, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, you've probably heard a lot about the mark of the beast, which is kind of like I guess you would say Satan's counterfeit of how he wants to mark people with the sign of the beast. But the Lord marks us as his, that we become part of his family and we are anointed. 
Anoint means to rub oil on the head. It represents empowering for service. Those of you who went through a confirmation in your church, they may have rubbed oil on your head as part of the confirmation. It represents the Holy Spirit who empowers us to walk with the Lord and seals us as belonging to the Lord and we receive supernatural gifts. So I think I'm going to probably talk about those gifts in the next podcast. And I did a whole episode on spirit life. I did that back in October of 2022. But today we're going to focus on anointing and how that connects with our testimony. So anointing means we belong to Jesus Christ, we're sealed, and we are empowered. And he strengthens us for service. Now, what does this have to do with testimony? A testimony really means to testify or give evidence or report. Let me read Revelation 12:11 to you to give an example. I'm reading from the Amplified. And they have overcome, conquered by means of the blood of the Lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. So there's power in the blood of Jesus. I go over that in my video called The Lost Teaching. And there's power in what comes out of our mouths. And one of the things that helps us overcome is our our testimony. Many people consider a testimony how they came to know the Lord, and that is true. But also, testimony report has to do with when we declare the truth of the gospel, the power of the truth, and our personal experience in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You can see that in John chapter 4, where the woman of the well, she has an encounter with Jesus. If you've watched The Chosen, there's an episode with that. He talks to her. He understands what's going on with her, what she needs. And she is so amazed by what he says and by his love and acceptance that she begins to give testimony in the city. And she had a bad We'll say she had a bad testimony. She had a bad reputation. She went through a lot of men. So she was pretty well rejected and an outcast. But Jesus still saw her value and worth. She realized he was the Messiah. And that changed her life. That encounter with Jesus changed her life. And she went out and told everybody in her city. And it looks as though many, many people in her city came to know the Lord because of what she testified, because of the words she spoke about her encounter with Jesus and his power, his truth, her personal experience. So it really doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are, what's gone on in our life. We can still have power and we can still have a testimony and an anointing because what we have been through empowers us and gives us testimony. I often tell clients what we have wrestled with, what we are learning to conquer, that becomes our testimony and we have anointing and power to help other people break that stronghold in their life. You can see this in groups like AA, where someone has come through an addiction and now they can help other people, they give testimony. So if that's that powerful in the natural realm, think about how powerful our testimony is. 
We have an anointing when we have battled and are learning to overcome. I don't believe God sends these tests, these challenges. They come to all of us. But how we respond and if we're trying to grow and lean into the Lord and obey as best we can, then we have a testimony and we are empowered by the battles we've been through. Another example in John chapter 20, after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, Mary Magdalene goes to anoint his body, but he's already been resurrected. And if you know anything about Mary Magdalene, she was a prostitute. So Jesus didn't despise her for her past. He delivered her from all kinds of demons. She became very devoted to him and she was the first missionary. She was told by an angel, hey, Jesus isn't here. Don't look for the living among the dead. Go tell the other disciples and Peter that he's risen, just like he said he would. The Lord can take whatever you've been through and instead of being ashamed of it or defeated by it, it can become your testimony. It is an anointing. The enemy means it for evil, but God turns it into an anointing and an empowerment. So I want to give you a really interesting example of this in more detail. Now, many of you may know the story of David, King David. Now, he didn't start off as king. He wasn't born as a king. He was born into a family where his brothers pretty much hated him. They looked down on him. He was the youngest. His dad, it sounds like, didn't have a real high opinion of him either. Now, back at the time where David was living, there was all kinds of turmoil in his nation. They were being oppressed, and they had a very weak king named Saul. This is in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16 and 17, tell us these details. But back then, Samuel was the prophet that God was using, and God told Samuel, you need to go and anoint a king. Saul isn't doing the job. We need a new king and I've picked someone. And Samuel was actually afraid to do what God had told him to do because Saul would just kill him. But Samuel obeyed, and the Lord directed him to a family whose father was named Jesse. When Jesse brought his sons together to meet Samuel, Samuel was looking at all these different ones, and the Lord said, nope, not that one, not that one, not that one. And Samuel said, it is this all of your sons? Dad didn't even invite David to meet Samuel. He was left out. He was still out watching the sheep. Now, being a shepherd was was a very lowly job. I have a podcast on how the Lord is our shepherd. But being a shepherd was a very lowly job. If you've ever seen the show Dirty Jobs, that might have made that show. He was out in the field. He wasn't included. Again, he was out doing what he was supposed to. While David was out taking care of the sheep, that time wasn't wasted because David was developing some skills. He was developing skills in worship. He wrote many of the Psalms in the book of Psalms, and he was developing skills as a warrior. Let me read to you 1 Samuel 16, 18. This is when he first came to the king's attention. An evil spirit was tormenting Saul, and Saul's servants said to him, Why don't you go get a person who can play skillfully on the lyre, which is like a harp, and when the evil spirit is on you, he will play it, and you'll get better. 
And Saul said, well, find me somebody who can do this. And one of the young men said, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who plays skillfully, a valiant man, a man of war, prudent in speech and eloquent, an attractive person, and the Lord is with him. So David was developing skill as a worshiper and skill as a warrior. He was obeying and cultivating his life with God, even though people had pretty much cast him out. He was an outsider. So you may know the story of David and Goliath. And Goliath was challenging. The Philistines were challenging the nation of Israel back then. And the grown men were afraid of Goliath. There's a lot of fear in these chapters. People were afraid of Saul. Saul was afraid of spiritual oppression. The army of Israel was afraid of Goliath and the Philistines. And it sounds like they had good reason to be afraid. It says that he was almost 10 feet tall. He was a giant. He was a freak, a freak of nature. If you've heard anything about Nephilim, some people believe Goliath was a Nephilim. Day after day, he would shout, to the army of Israel. Why are you even bothering to come to battle? Hey, you pick one of your guys to fight me, and if you lose, you'll be our servants, and if you win, we'll be your servants. And everybody was terrified. They didn't even try, and this went on day after day. So as the story goes, David was sent by his father to take some sandwiches to his brothers, and David sees what's going on. And his brothers are saying, why are you even here? You just came to watch the battle. Why don't you get out of here? David is taking all this in thinking, why is this happening? This isn't right. So instead of being afraid, he's like challenged. It's like, hey, somebody needs to do something. So David was actually brought before Saul again, because Saul already knew him by then. And David said, let no heart fail because of this Philistine. I'm going to go out and fight with him. And the king said, you can't fight against this Philistine. You're only a teenager. And Goliath has been a warrior from his youth. But here's what David said. And this just gives me so much joy. David said, Your servant, meaning David, kept his father's sheep. And when there was a lion or a bear that took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and killed it. And I delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it came up against me, I caught it by its beard and I hit it and killed it. I killed the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, Goliath, will just be like another one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. So you can see, instead of being afraid, he was like adamant, hey, this needs to happen. It's interesting because an uncircumcised person means a person in that day that did not have a covenant with God. The children of Israel had a covenant with God and it was demonstrated through circumcision. So David had no doubt that this needed to be done and he could do it. So the story goes on in 1 Samuel 17, how David prepared and he didn't use the typical armor. It was too big for him. The weapons he was used to were his staff, which a shepherd has, and stones, a slingshot. So that's how he approached Goliath. So you can imagine when this 10 foot tall soldier with all this armor on sees this little kid (laughs) come up to him with a slingshot, he's like incensed. Goliath, he scorned him and despised him. 
And he said, am I a dog that you should come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by his gods. And he said to David, hey, come on over here and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Kind of like big time wrestling. So here's what David says. He's not intimidated at all. He says, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and cut off your head. And I will give the corpses of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And sure enough, that's what happened if you ever saw the movie. That almost gives me chills to read today. So the rejection that David went through, the challenges that David went through, they built his anointing, his skill in worship. That's what he did when he was all by himself out there in the fields. His skills in battle, when something would come to try to devour one of the sheep. And that prepared him for his real calling to be the king. And the grown men were afraid, but David wasn't afraid because he knew his God and he knew through practice that he could defeat this enemy, that God was calling him to do it. So whatever you have wrestled with, whatever you have fought through, whatever you are learning to conquer, you are anointed to help other people do that. And it builds your testimony among people And in the kingdom of God, in the spirit realm, you have a testimony and you have an anointing. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. I was really, I was just really moved as I studied these passages this week. So I'm going to share some resources with you and then I'm going to pray for us. Some recent podcasts are Deliver Us From Evil, which again talks about uh, declaring God's word, declaring his promises, the breaker Jesus is our breaker. He goes before us. I posted that 11, 20 of 22. Spirit life about the Holy Spirit. I posted in October of 2022. Videos that correspond with this are a prayer for breakthrough. Transformation through worship. Kind of like what we saw with David. That's on this channel. Restoring identity, dignity, and destiny if you've been rejected. If you're following me on Spotify, then you can watch these as videos. You can find them on my YouTube channel, but if you are using another platform, they might just show up as audio. You can find my books on Amazon. There's a link in the notes for this. Breaking Through to Blessing is a Bible study if you want to learn how to study God's Word for yourself. And Sheep Hear His Voice is a devotional book I've written that helps you learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. So let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for us again out of Revelation 12:11. So Lord, I thank you that whatever this person has been through, you designed to turn what the enemy intended for evil for our good. That your blood bought us out of the hand of the enemy, just like David retrieved the lambs out of the mouth of the wolf. You have redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. So Lord, I pray that this person would understand and have confidence to speak your word, to speak 
their testimony and to live in confidence that what the enemy meant for evil, you will turn for good. Bless them and encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening. And if this helped you, share it with a friend.